Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. 888-900-3393. Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, big day today. I mean, every day seem, seems big, but this is, I mean, we'd, we'd need to do five shows today to get in half of what the, uh, of all the nonsense. And some, you know, a few good things. So should I cancel some appointments and yeah. block mm-hmm. out the rest of the day? Yeah, probably. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot to get to, man. Plus, we have uh, Peter Schweitzer mm-hmm. on the show today. He is uh, the author of Profiles in Corruption. He was on Glenn's show a couple of weeks ago, and we just listened to it with our jaws dropped. It's unbelievable, the corruption of these of all these Democrats. Right. It's not just Joe Biden, although his is much more extensive than we even believed at the beginning. And uh, it'll, I mean, this... It goes far beyond with the Bidens. It goes far beyond just Joe and Hunter. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Bernie Sanders. It's Elizabeth Warren. It's Nancy Pelosi. It's all of them. It's all of them. Uh, they're just corrupt douchebags, uh, basically, I think, <laughs> is uh, the best way to sum it up. Uh-huh. And he'll tell us about that. He may not put it exactly that way, uh, but I'm kind He's of... He's a little more eloquent. Kind of paraphrasing what's in the book, you know. <laughs> Liberal scumbag douchebags. Uh, also, the coronavirus. Got some information on that that's uh, not exactly pleasant. They they just upped the count by 15,000 more people. And then the, uh, the death count wasn't accurate either. Um, first of all, we're not supposed to call it the coronavirus anymore. Of course, it's the COVID somehow COVID-19 or something somehow coronavirus was stigmatizing on Asian people (laughs) it's a it's a Spanish word that means crown and they named it that Uh because the virus when you look at it under a microscope looks like a crown it's got crown type features so I, I don't know just so ridiculous but this is where we are uh, also in Hong Kong, they're they're investigating whether or not the coronavirus spreads through bathroom pipes. Ugh. Two residents living on different floors of a high rise called Hong May House in northwestern Hong Kong's Sing Yi had been infected with the coronavirus. A 62 year old woman was diagnosed about a week and a half after the a 75 year old man in the same building became infected. Three more cases have since been linked. To that same place. And apparently they didn't come in contact. Uh, except through their, you know, maybe their bathroom pipes. Yeah, they're thinking that like some of the uh, the sewage and everything. No, the infection gets, honey, gets no. trapped in like the, the, it's called the, isn't it called the U-trap or something like that? You know, under your mm-hmm. sink. Mm-hmm. And so as it goes down through the different apartments, Jeez. their stuff sits in your yeah. trap and so mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. It just kind of escapes into the air of your bathroom. So gross. Enjoy yeah. your breakfast, y'all. Every toilet sink and floor drain has a U-shaped pipe, which prevents sewer gas from entering the home, allows wastewater to uh, and odors to escape. And uh, to work properly, it's, it needs to hold water in the bend. These pipes connect to what's called soil pipe. So anyway, it needs to have a vent pipe connected, which ensures the sewer gas and odors are carried away. Usually through a vent in the roof, uh, but apparently um, 
it is all of this stuff that I, I mean, it's so mm. gross. I don't even want to get yeah. into the description. Yeah. It's and, just nasty. And now we're up to, I think I saw 215 people, 200 something people on that cruise ship docked off the coast of Japan that are infected. Mm. 15 crew members. Uh, Dang. And they've confirmed it's, uh, it's coronavirus. Yeah. COVID-19. I'd have to go back and try to find this, but yeah. COVID-19 is spread over 20 countries now. And, uh, Let's see. It's locked down about 20 cities in China. Over 50 million people still locked down, still quarantined. Uh, just amazing. The death toll has now soared to over 1,100. And as I said in at, at the start of this, that uh, about 15,000 some new cases have been reported there. I guess they're counting things differently. <laughs> I don't know. How, how do you... Why would you need to? You would think you have the virus, that counts as one. Another person gets it, there's two. <laughs> what? How have you been counting this? Uh-huh. Yeah. The Chinese, man, they're just so secretive and so deceitful. Who yeah. knows? Meanwhile, you know, in America, we've got these pranksters. I don't know if you want to see this. Uh, uh, on a train in New York City. Oh, yeah, this like is real funny. Oh, they're transporting this uh, is funny. the coronavirus, or so you're led to believe. Watch this nonsense. Oh, he just dropped it on the floor. Oh, gosh. Now everybody is running. I mean, come on. It's like soapy water or something. Uh-huh. But people are not enjoying that, and they shouldn't. And No. They deserve to get their butts beat uh, is what they deserve. They're they're Seriously. lucky, you know. People didn't pounce on them and just beat the crap out of them. And they probably didn't because they were afraid that they. That's just yeah. Were covered probably. In it. That's just not funny. Nope. It's not funny. Hey, let's pretend we just released a deadly virus on on a subway. That'd be great, right? <laughs> no, that's not great. Society. That's not great. We're done. <laughs> just it's sad. I mean, we talk about it every day. <clears throat> how every day it gets worse. Sure enough, there's another indication uh, right there. Right there. Uh, let's see. Also, uh, apparently the Senate voted yesterday to limit the war powers of President Trump in this Iran- Iranian thing. Mm-hmm. And eight Republicans voted with the Democrats. I've been looking for a list of of the names. Um Oh, you need a, a list of yeah, the... Yeah, I need a list of the eight. I know Rand Paul was leading the charge Rand that. Paul was one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, is it is it a terrible thing to, you know, make sure the president doesn't exceed his power? No, but, um, I I mean, we he, this is all because he ordered the airstrike on Soleimani, and it went really well. I mean, we, we calmed them down. They seem to have... Uh, I mean, they did that one pseudo-attack on us. And then that was it. Yeah, I would say that if we're already in a country where we're engaged, like Iraq, like if we had attacked him in Iran, that would have been a different thing. But he came to the battlefield, and he injected himself yep. into that war that we were already Somewhere fighting. Somewhere he shouldn't have been. Right, but here are your, he uh, killed. Here are your list of the eight, by the way. Uh, along with Rand Paul, you've got Mike Lee, Susan Collins. Mike Lee, wow. Todd Young, Jerry Moran, mm-hmm. Lamar Alexander, <clears throat> Bill Cassidy, and Lisa Murkowski. Hmm. And again, is it a bad thing that uh, 
you know, Congress be consulted when you go to war? Of course not. That's constitutional. That's supposed to happen. But these uh, little events that need to take place quickly and you can't go to Congress and go through all that bureaucracy, uh, if you really want to get somebody when you have the opportunity, uh, the the president does have that ability to do that. He does He does have that authority. Uh, what? But I, I guess they're worried about him escalating this thing, and I, I don't see any indication of it. I, I don't know that this, um, what I'm going to reference here, falls under the War Powers Act, but I will never forget being so frustrated. I don't know, it was around 2003, <clears throat> maybe, 2000. Well, yeah, maybe it was about 0405. Bush had uh, there was there was a gathering of um, Taliban fighters at mm-hmm. a gravesite. They were mourning the loss of one of their own, and there was dozens of Al Qaeda fighters there. That's what it was, Al Qaeda fighters there at the gravesite, and we had them. I mean, it, we could have just blown them up right there, but we called back to Washington, talked to the lawyers. I'll never forget. And, and the attorney said, yeah, you know what? That's not going to look so well, so let's not, uh, let's not kill all those terrorists because they're in a cemetery, and that just that doesn't play well. So, again, this isn't a war powers discussion. It's just a discussion of how mm-hmm. we always have to go through lawyers and, in, in, like you mentioned, D.C. bureaucrats yep. before we can act on – before we can take action. And, and we have, in real time, bad guys. Mm-hmm. There they are. Let's do this. Because we always have that argument like, well, okay, so if, it was, if, we, if we knew right where he was and all this stuff, and that's what Trump did. You just, you can't, I mean, if you're going to go through that every single time, we're not going to get any of the bad guys. Uh, and they're going to keep attacking us. So, as far as I'm concerned, the president did absolutely the right thing in killing Soleimani. And I, I think Mike Lee agrees with that, doesn't he? I, I Yes, but the reason now Mike Lee is angry, if you recall, oh that's right, he because of that, that discussion he had, he had that, that when when someone right. from uh, I don't know was it Department of Defense who was that's it came right, there, yes, he gave them a briefing and said just and rubber told stamp them what this to do. and let's do this, don't ask questions, right? Mike Lee was like, he was a little offended by that. Yeah, I'm changing. Mm-hmm. My yeah, vote. you know what? No. Okay, you're gonna talk to me like that, then that's I'm right. voting on the other side. That's that's how he <laughs> voted. So and he did, mm-hmm. and he said he was going to. And, again, he did. So, uh, all right. Uh, the Democrats will claim a big victory there. See, it's not par- it's, it's bipartisan. It's a bipartisan vote to limit the powers of this out-of-control president. That's what you're going to hear about it. And that's, that's unfortunate. Meanwhile, Eric Swalwell, <laughs> as the hatred continues. Speaking of unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> says impeaching Donald Trump over Roger Stone is not off the table. What? So the president can pardon anybody he wants, and you're going to impeach him over a constitutional act, over something that every president does? Plus, he hasn't pardoned him yet. Everybody just thinks he's going to. And they're upset because the Justice Department uh, first slapped him with seven to nine years in prison, which was ridiculous, and Trump said so. And so they backed off quickly and uh, are rethinking that, apparently. And so now you're going to investigate that, too. And now they're putting all this pressure on Trump that you better not. You you just better not pardon Roger Stone or we could impeach you over that, too. Sorry, that's not a high crime or misdemeanor. Uh, just like the last two charges against him weren't. And that's why uh, he was exonerated over that. Uh, we have the 
the Eric Justice Swallow. Department and the White House uh, and President Trump yeah, all deny him, uh, that President Trump directly told Attorney General Barr what to do or directly coordinated uh, with him. Uh, as always, the president did send out a tweet. Um, is that enough to object to? Uh, yes, and as Michael Cohen told uh, yeah, our committee, uh, President Trump knows uh, in many of the mob-like ways that he operates that he doesn't have to say something directly, oh, that uh, indirectly he can signal what he wants someone to do. That was how Cohen said he would communicate with the president. And I think by tweeting out that, uh, Attorney General Barr got the message. Take a listen to Republican Senator John Cornyn of Texas. Okay, let's do. Are you concerned that four prosecutors felt so strongly about it that they resigned? No. That they got off the case? No. <laughs> Cornyn not concerned. Good. What do you think? Are you concerned? Uh, yes, uh, I, I'm very concerned. Oh, what a surprise. Uh, really? The independence hmm. of prosecutors, the ability of judges to just weigh the facts uh, and the evidence uh, is eroding, that the president's taken a wrecking ball uh, to that. And he was just impeached for that. We're not going to stop holding him accountable. We've learned when you hold him accountable, you can actually stop the corruption, whether he's removed or not. And ultimately, it's going to be for the voters to judge in November. Gosh, Might you impeach him over this, over Roger Stone and the sentencing? You know, we're not going to take our options off the table. We don't wake up in the morning Unreal. wanting to impeach him. You know, we want to work oh, with yes, him on do. prescription drugs, background checks. Oh, you, you do? But you we're not going to let one. him just, yeah, you know, okay. torch this democracy because he thinks that he's been well, let it's off not a democracy. we're not going to do something. So it's okay to torch it because it's, it's not a democracy. Go ahead and torch democracy. Yeah, you know, well, they don't wake up every morning and uh, uh, yes, you think do. about impeaching him and how yes, to impeach him. No, I just... Uh, that's what you. That's what you eat, live, sleep, They're and breathe. They're obsessed with impeaching this president. Oh man, that that's, is. That's what animates them. Yeah, that's what's really. That's really telling because they're just. They're not going to let up on this at all. Mm-mm. They're going to keep going, and everything he does that they disagree with, they're going to threaten or start impeachment proceedings. Unbelievable. They got to be voted out of office in come November. They need to go. They need to go. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let me take uh, sixty seconds to tell you about Ashford University. You know, we all have an idea of what our dream job looks like, but somebody's not going to just hand you your dream job. Odds are, you'll need to at least uh, get some kind of degree in college to make that happen. And I know it's hard to go back to school while you're working, but that's why I think you're going to love Ashford University. It's convenient. It's flexible. It's online. They've got bachelor's and master's degree programs that allow you to learn at your own pace. No standardized tests. You don't have to take the SAT, the ACT, any of that. And Ashford University is fully accredited. Get on the road to earning your degree. If you've always wanted to and you've never quite gotten around to it, make your dream job a reality. Enroll now by going to ashford.edu slash unleashed. That's ashford.edu slash unleashed to start working on your degree today. Ashford.edu slash unleashed. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. Oh, and uh, tomorrow, brand new episode of Leakages. Mm-hmm. Episode uh, number two. 4 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. That makes we... uh, three central and uh, two mountain. So I guess in the mountain time zone, 
You get to see it before everybody else does. No, that's not that's not how time zones work. <laughs> that's not how it works. And that's not how it works. You sure? Yeah, because it's two o'clock there. Well, I'm pretty sure. Now you got to wait till four. Yeah, now you got me east. doubting because the yeah, math doesn't yeah. quite work out. It doesn't. It really doesn't. So people in California get it sooner. Yeah, they get it at, at one. one o'clock. They get it at one. Now when, Alaska gets they it at wait. noon. Right. Wow, we, they get a like a lunchtime treat up in. Uh, I don't know why we discriminate against the East Coast like that. I I don't know. I don't know why. Because well, the East Coast sucks. I mean, let's be yeah, honest. That's true. <clears throat> uh, so. Joe Biden proclaiming he will not, he'll be damned if he loses this nomination. <laughs> he just might be damned. What? <laughs> he said that? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. I got news for you. You're going to be damned. <laughs> uh, it's a very good chance of it. <laughs> Arguing that the primary is still wide open, Biden said he was confident we can win in South Carolina. I think we'll win Nevada, <sighs> but it is a caucus, which is a little bit different. Uh, he's long said he performed better than his rivals once the primary uh, reached more diverse states. Uh, yeah, because, see, he was the vice president of a black person, and so he thinks he's entitled now to all minority vote. Uh, although, yes, he does pull better, but he just went down, was it 20 points or 30 points in the black vote? Yeah, he went from 52% in the, in, uh, with, with African Americans. Mm-hmm. To 27%. So he almost got cut in half. Goodness. Amazing. Amazing. But uh, with Bloomberg looming and uh, Buttigieg and Klobuchar doing really well in the first two states, he says the point is that I want you to know that things haven't changed in terms of responses we're getting, in terms of whether it's contributions online or whether it's endorsements, since both of those primaries have taken place. He said he's raised... More than $4 million online in the first 11 days of the month. And he raised $453,000 online on Tuesday alone. So my point is that we've not seen any uh, diminution of the energy or endorsements. Said he's making it clear to his uh, the attendees in South Carolina, the race is just beginning. We're not anywhere near the end. I'll be damned if we're going to lose this nomination particularly if we're going to lose this nomination and end up losing an election to Donald Trump. Hmm. Yeah, Mickey Mouse, though. Mickey mm-hmm. Mouse right. put up a good fight, right? Yeah, that. see, their overconfidence there is what's going to be their undoing. One of the things that's going to be their undoing. Their extremism, their radicalism, and their overconfidence. Yeah. They, because they only hang out with people who are like-minded. Yep. They, that's all they ever get out and see or hear speaking about issues they don't know rank and file americans they don't hang out with them they never see their responses to anything and that's why they don't care when they when they say things that are so insulting like hillary did about the uh the basket of deplorables i mean they don't care because they don't think there's very many of them then they lose elections because of it Mm-hmm. So it's great, actually. I, I hope they continue to think that way. And I thought it was fun when MSNBC, the morning of the New Hampshire primary, grabbed that one voter guy coming out. and. Oh, just, let's see that. You want to see this? Yeah. Let's, uh, Who would you vote for? Plausible, but yeah, I want to talk to, let's, we have a voter out here. Uh-huh. Sir, you're going to be watching, Tour, so you're going to be MSNBC. on television now. Can you tell us who you voted for? Donald John Trump. You voted for Donald John Trump. Look at that. Bernie Sanders is not appealing to you? Oh, geez, no. Good golly. The whole ideology, ideology would be destructive to the country. Thank you. It's anti-growth. 
It's anti-family. Thank you. It's uh-huh. anti-American. Nice. And as a Roman Catholic, it's anti-life. Wow. <laughs> that shocked her to her core. <laughs> I mean, these folks on MSNBC got to stop uh, doing these uh, live yeah, they do. segments. They do. Mo Brooks comes to mind. Uh, <laughs> so great. Because you know he, she's thinking, first of all, any Democrat, but maybe even Bernie Sanders. What? Bernie Sanders isn't appealing to you? No, from, let's see, the the biggest capitalist in the world to uh, the biggest socialist we know of in this country? Yeah. No, that's not going to work for me. Honey. Katie, thanks for asking. <laughs> appreciate you caring but again that shows you that shows you their mindset and that shows you that they live in these little cocoons that they don't that they never get outside of and so they're not exposed to real people in america pretty amazing yeah that was fun i love it it's (laughs) i mean that's almost as tasty as the uh uh, when they were asking Mo, Mo Brooks. You have it over there? Uh, I no? do have oh, it. Okay, I mean, just a uh, uh, you know, little, little taste of Mo Brooks uh, talking about his uh, highest honors. We were honors. looking at going re- reverting into a depression at that point. Everyone, the Fed well, I chairman, disagree that we they, were going into a depression, but well, go ahead. Do you have a degree in economics? Uh, yes, Thank ma'am, you. I do. Highest honors. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> One of the best moments in television history. Okay, well then, uh, 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 uh. To her credit, though, she admitted that she yeah. shouldn't have asked the question when she didn't know the answer to it. Mm-hmm. And she got blindsided. And, and I guess, uh. <laughs> Love it. Didn't learn that lesson on MSNBC. <laughs> no, they didn't. And it's strange, though. MSNBC has been pretty anti-Bernie uh, Sanders. Uh, really, uh, to the point of, they, they don't want him almost as much, it seems, as they don't want Trump around. Uh, so I I don't know why. I don't know why they're not maybe they believe rightly that he can't win the he can't win the election in November. Uh, because they've been pretty critical of him and he's pissed off at MSNBC. He's actually called for boycotting MSNBC. It's interesting to watch. This whole thing is uh, absolutely amazing. Every day there's something new and surprising and uh, usually horrific <laughs> to watch <laughs> and to understand and to assimilate. Uh, so anyway, Biden continues to believe that he's going to win. He pointed to Bill Clinton's early losses in 1982. Here's the difference between Biden and Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton, I mean, first of all, Biden's no Bill Clinton. He doesn't have the communication skill that uh, the Bill had. Bill was a much better communicator. He could uh, connect with the people, and uh, and he could look you right in the face and tell you the most outrageous lies, and you would believe he's telling you the truth. <laughs> I did not have sex with that woman, Ms. Lewinsky. I did not tell anybody to lie, not one time, not ever. Okay, yes, I did. Yes, I did. All of that is untrue. I mean, he had to do that within seven months of the original statement and when he made that original statement he almost made me believe because he was so adamant about it anyway no biden's not a communicator like that and the difference between biden's fourth and fifth place finishes uh clinton finished in the top three i think in both states but certainly he was number two i think in new hampshire Mm. so um and he could play the saxophone whereas joe biden plays like i don't know records hugely important too for a democrat Mm. candidate (laughs) You've got to play a musical instrument. Uh, otherwise, otherwise they just they don't want anything to do with you. Wait, wait, but 
<clears throat> oh, oh, you said must be able to play a musical instrument. I was mm-hmm. thinking Beto. He came mm-hmm. to mind, but you said must be able to play. Right. Not not pretend to play. <laughs> My bad. Okay, I thought we were uh, something there. So Biden f- further went on to say, I think it's going to be fairly hard for people like Buttigieg to go south. No, they just hop on a plane like you're going to, and they go south. What do you mean? Okay. They can get to South Carolina just like you can. <laughs> I think it's going to be awful hard for Amy, and they're good people, to go south. Interesting. Mm. So what he's saying is the uh, uh, blacks and, and Hispanics don't like Buttigieg, and he's right about that. And they don't like Amy Klobuchar. I don't know where she stands with minority vote, but uh, Pete is disliked. And it's not going to do well in South Carolina. Now, the last the last poll we saw, we just saw this yesterday. Biden was up 22-20 over Sanders in Nevada in the latest poll. And I think it was just taken this week. Do you see that poll? See if you can find that, Keith. Cause I'm, Are you talking about South Carolina? Yeah. Okay. So uh-huh. No, I'm talking about Nevada. Okay. I think they just did a new poll in Nevada. And it seems to me either CNN or Fox showed this yesterday. And I think it was pretty new. Uh, and it was twenty-two twenty Biden over Sanders, but I mean that's that's pretty darn close. So anybody can still win uh, this. What do you have now? This is the average. Shoot, this is oh, the latest poll. Okay, hang on. What I'll is get, the average? The average is uh, Sanders twenty-three point seven. You have to hover this stupid. Ugh, and now I'm getting an email blocking the. <laughs> I I hate that stuff. Now you have to wait. Now you have to wait for the little thing to go away. Okay, here we go. Let's back to it. Okay, so uh, it won't. So twenty three point seven. for yeah, and Sanders like twenty two point eight for Biden. But let me either way, check. it's really close. Yeah, let me check the uh, real clear. Huh. Politics, Nevada. I just saw too that the main union leader in Nevada is saying that uh, Sanders would be a disaster for the country. So even. Even the big union head of the of the biggest union in Nevada doesn't like Bernie Sanders. What is it with that state in polling? Because I don't. You, you said you have a new one. I don't have a new one. You for don't the, see one. Yeah, this is. Still Are you a real clear politics? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's uh, frustrating. I don't know. Maybe they were talking about an old one. Do you see anything that's twenty two twenty? Biden. I'm gonna go back here, barring getting another email while I'm looking at this. Uh, no, I mean, this no. is uh, 1918. Was Biden over Sanders? But in that was a 1918. Ago. That was yeah, quite a while like, ago. Well, I mean, that was over a hundred years. That's ago. about their age. That's an old poll. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it's, uh, that's a little older than I thought we'd probably see. <laughs> that's about how long they've been running. Those two, Bernie and Biden. Yes, yes it is. Uh, um, yes, it is. I'll get you. Uh, if there's a new poll out there for. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, look. I'll find it. Yeah, we'll look. I'll get back to you. Meanwhile, 55 percent of voters uh, now say impeachment. The whole impeachment fiasco actually made President Trump stronger, and they're right about that. 16% say he's weaker now. New Rasmussen report uh, poll shows 55% of voters believe he got stronger as a result. Uh, 62% of voters think Democrats should move on. Huh. Uh, They're not going to. Uh, Maybe this will hurt them. I sure hope so. I hope it hurts them at the polls in November. 48% of Democrat voters want them to continue trying to remove him from office. But 48%, that's, I mean, that's not even a majority. Right. So less than half of wow. Democrats say ha- that's amazing. you should keep going. Get this, 43%. So there's just, you know, there's a certain number of, uh, I don't know, or undecided. 
43% of Democrats want them to go on to other things. 48, 43? And then I that think... That should tell them to move on. Well, I think the next stat says, good night. 70% of voters who don't identify as Democrat or Republican agree the country should move on. So independents want you to move on. Independent voters say... 43% of Democrats, 70% of independents... And, you know, probably 100% of Republicans want you to move on. Give it a rest, y'all. That should tell them something. At the same time, wow. that story's coming out. Eric Swalwell's like, nope. No, we could, we could impeach this. him over uh, over a pardon. You know what? We're going to impeach him over that CNN story that said he gets more ice cream scoops <laughs> than people in the White House do. And oh, so that should be sure. enough right there, right? No, yeah, they that's impeachable. That. Yeah, they do I mean, that. that is a high crime. When you take yes. more ice cream yes, than is. anybody else. Now, that one I can almost agree with him on. I, I really I mean, who can. do you think you are? The president? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. And ice cream is too important. That's you don't true. mess with that. By the way, don't speaking of it. ice cream, a little teaser for tomorrow when Jeffy, I'm actually, yes, <clears throat> when Jeffy's here. I can't believe I'm doing this. Um, Monique uh, from New York listens to us. Uh, mm-hmm. She sent us some uh, big gay ice cream. To try, really, and it is still—it's uh, oh, chilling uh, as I we love speak. That. She sent it in, you know, dry ice and stuff, and uh, okay. So I got here. So multiple varieties of big gay ice cream we'll have on the program tomorrow. <laughs> I, I'm actually excited about mm. that. Triple eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. Pat Gray Unleashed. Some tweets here. Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, B to Bodine. So is the next episode of Leakages about the leaky pipes in the apartments in Hong Kong? Or is it about, as I suspect, the hazards of paper boxed water leakages? No, it's actually a Valentine's themed uh, leakages. See, that's a good idea, though. Yeah, it is. Oh, paper boxed water leakages. Mm -hmm. That is a good one. Hmm. Lion, fat, dog face, storefront pony soldier tweets. (laughs) And suddenly one innocent man. Who does an interview on MSNBC has become public enemy number one. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wonder if he has. <laughs> probably. I bet. Ugh. And they'll probably post his uh, his address, where you can find him, mm-hmm. where you can surround his home. Where you does know. he work? Who's where does employer? he work? Yeah. Where make do- sure you make sure you ha- hammer his employer to get him fired. And does he have kids? <clears throat> and if so, where do they go to school? Mm-hmm. All because he mm-hmm. voted for Donald Trump and admitted it on national TV. Bastard. And they thought that, see, liberals thought they were in a safe space. Yeah, they Tuesday did. Tuesday morning when they had MSNBC on. So great that they weren't. I love it. <laughs> and they I asked love this it. guy. Uh, viral Lint economist Milton Keynes <laughs> says, uh, to be fair, does a degree in economics actually mean anything? I mean, AOC has one. Okay, well. Yeah. All I right. mean, it's a fair point. Something to that. I'm pretty sure it wasn't highest honors with her like it was Mo Brooks, <laughs> but still. Um, like, whatever. Right. Hard to argue with that, isn't it? Uh, that's I mean, my favorite Martin like, drop. Whatever. Is um, like whatever. Difficult you know, to argue with. And like or whatever, like just like. <laughs> She's brilliant. You got to uh, give her that. Yeah, Brooklyn, you must be so proud. Oh man, you're a representative in Congress. Now, I mean, I better not talk so too loudly sad. because I used to live in Sheila Jackson Lee's district. Oh yeah. And we have some fun from her today too, for later. Uh, <laughs> She's one of the dumbest people in Congress. Uh, one of yeah one of i mean there's hank johnson in there there's Mm -hmm. nancy pelosi in there there's aoc in there elon omar elon omar oh uh talib you already said that right talib Uh, 
Ayanna yeah. Presley. Uh-huh. Uh, they're just all but stupid. So it's great. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a that's tough to compete with that mm-hmm. statement. Meanwhile, there's an anti-Trump main Democrat running for U.S. Senate uh, that has rolled out a guillotine campaign shirt. Now, this isn't violent at all. This isn't no. This isn't frightening rhetoric. No, but you put a target mm-hmm. on a congressional district. Yeah, then yeah, you yeah, yeah. are Satan. Yeah. Look at this. Uh, and we'll talk about it for a decade. A d- <laughs> but until you get out of public life, CNN's not even interested in this. Uh-uh. They, they don't even care. Yeah, look at this. Maine, what is her name? What's her name? Kidman? I don't know her first name. Uh, let's see. Uh, Maine Democrat candidate seeking the party's United States Senate nomination to challenge Susan Collins decided to feature the guillotine, a device created, of course, in the Middle Ages to uh, cut people's heads off. Bree Kid- Kidman is her name. She's running in the four-candidate Democrat field. Announced the new campaign shirts on Twitter. They feature a bluish-green outline of a guillotine on uh, what Kidman calls, says they're calling a guillotine. That's catchy. Guillotine. <laughs> Often seen as a... Really? Often seen as a symbol of violent revolution? Huh. Between different economic classes. Where do you get that? I don't know. France, maybe the revolution. Guillotine was prominently used during the reign of terror in the French Revolution in the 18th century. It's been used in other parts of Europe. Nazi regime used the guillotine to execute about 16,000 during that era. I didn't know they killed people with the guillotine in Germany. I I didn't even realize that. Wow. Did you realize? um, I, I learned recently. Um, the guillotine was last used in France in 1977. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Jeez. So to flash the picture again of the uh, of the Kidman guillotine, the guillotine. There it is. Isn't that nice? That's, I mean, how do you get away with that? I guess just because you're a Democrat. Oh, Rob, leave the clever to the pros, Kidman. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, she's, what's she call it? A, uh, a, what kind of revolution did she say it was again? Um, I don't know, but she's calling for revolution. But that's cool because she's got a D that's after cool. her name. Right. Yeah, yeah. So If that was a Republican, you'd worry about it because of their history of violence, uh, which doesn't exist. Yet, still, you know that they're... Uh, oh, and, and one of her hashtags, stop electing the rich. Wow. So you are making this about killing the elite i mean if you're showing if that's your if that's your symbol the guillotine and you're talking about the rich uh and nobody's interested in this in the mainstream media at all <laughs> this is really something and she wow. said uh, this is going to be a convenient revolution oh okay yeah convenient it's a more convenient revolution <laughs> hmm okay wow did you ever think just a few years even during obama's reign of terror I never, I wouldn't have guessed we'd be here, even even then, uh, in 2009, when all of this started, and we were worried about socialism, <clears throat> worried about Obama's politics, and and I'm I'm gonna we need a civilian force that's just as strong, just as well funded as the U.S. military, a civilian force. I I mean, and now we're talking about convenient revolutions and using a guillotine as a symbol of it, and nobody cares. Nobody cares. Jeez. Uh, wow. And then you almost, then you kind of trap yourself because people should care. 
This is really serious stuff, right? Yeah. But then you think, well, I don't want to give publicity to this candidate if she's running mm. against four other people. You know, it's like maybe she just fades away. Right. But then, then you let somebody like that fester, and over time, mm-hmm. before you know it, you've got Bernie Sanders in the driver's seat That's for the Democratic right. Convention. Right. Nobody took nominated. Bernie Sanders seriously years ago. And now look where he is. The guy could become the Democratic nominee for President of the United States as a socialist. And people used to think he was just, he was nothing but a joke. An old curmudgeon joke. Well, uh, now the joke's on us. Because we just don't pay attention. It's the same thing that happened to us with abortion. Mm. We let it go for many, many years because we didn't want to be divisive. Uh, you're not going to win friends and influence people talking about abortion. Don't even go there. Uh, I know, program directors would tell us all the time, yeah, don't, 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 don't talk about abortion. Don't talk about abortion. It's too divisive. <laughs> and we let it happen. Nobody's going to change their mind. All right. And so here's what happened. Now you can abort all the way up to, all the way up to birthdays. All the way up to their birthday, uh, it's perfectly fine to, uh, to kill a child. Just, just unbelievable. And even, and even after, afterwards. And after, yeah. And now they're talking about afterwards. Well, not just talking about. I mean, that was one of the yeah. things Obama, remember that? Uh, when he was in Illinois. Yes. They're talking about letting the baby go die. Just let it die. Don't yeah. take care of that thing. So. So it, it tells it, you. We, yeah, we need to fight we, against we this We talk stuff. about how radical Bernie Sanders is. I mean, Barack Obama was no, no. right wing. No, he was not. Extremist. No, he was not. Uh, so anyhow. We've kind of, kind of been there, and boy, that uh, that foundation sure has been laid nicely. Sure has, for a hundred years. Uh, now we've got a uh, far left professor in Canada who is telling people that Paw Patrol. Huh? Uh, are you familiar with Paw Patrol? Yeah, because it's a joke in my family. My uh, my my grandkids absolutely love Paw Patrol. Okay, my kids uh, love making fun of it. What what's going on here? Is little really? puppy dogs? Yeah, because they're they're too old now for yeah. Paw that's kind of see. My yeah. kids are at that age where like they're too cool for cartoons. So now uh-huh. when they see something like that, they just have fun mocking it and all this stuff. Right. So what's going on with Paw Patrol? Well, it's a capitalist propaganda tool. Oh, well, now I think we need to go watch it. You know what it does? It leads children away from Marxism, teaching them to uh, critique and distrust government and embrace individualism. Really? Good. I mean, if that's true, good. And now I'm all of a sudden a Paw Patrol fan. Yeah. And a Snow Patrol fan. King's University College professor Liam Kennedy has published a treatise on the subject of Paw Patrol entitled, Whenever There's Trouble, Just Yelp for Help, Crime conservation and corporatization in paw patrol that's a really catchy title rolls right off the tongue <laughs> paw patrol created by a canadian toy maker hmm, i didn't know that a cartoon a toy brand merchandising juggernaut as well as a touring live show together it rakes in hundreds of millions of dollars every year and it's been forging a cult-like preschool following for years <laughs> Uh, the show portrays, if you're not familiar with it, it portrays a band of puppies. <laughs> now, now, now you're getting to the realm of where yes. my kids are mocking it. Keep going. It's a band of puppies, you know, who provide much needed emergency services. <laughs> <laughs> Police, fire, fighting. They do construction, yeah, public yeah, works, yeah. projects. Whatever needs to be done, the puppies do it. There you go. You know? Utility dogs. <laughs> and they're in a fictional town where the dogs are in charge 
uh, the ones in charge are largely incompetent, <laughs> which is why you need the Paw Patrol so bad. That's right. That's right. <laughs> in this show, Ryder is the ringleader of the pups, each of whom has a job to do as part of their team. There's Chase, the police dog Marshall, the fire chief dog, who can never quite get control of his hose. His what? Uh, his hose. Gotta get control of the fire hose. Rubble, fire the builder, hose. Sky, who flies a plane. Get it? Wow, what a convenient name for a person who flies a plane. <laughs> for some reason, and the girl pup, Everest, the extreme outdoor adventuring pup, Rocky, the rescue dog, and Zuma, the pup who drives a boat. Uh-huh. <laughs> but... But Professor uh, Kennedy says yeah. there's a huge problem here. Here we go. Here's the problem, Professor. Paw Patrol, as a private corporation, is used to help provide basic social services in the Adventure Bay community. <laughs> Adventure Bay. Awesome. <laughs> That's problematic. In that, the Paw Patrol creators are sending this message that we can't <laughs> depend on the state to provide these services. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like this. <laughs> yeah, I think that's been uh, shown to us many times in real life, not just with the puppies. Uh, Kennedy is so anti-Paw Patrol uh, that he won't uh, he won't let his daughter watch the show out of fear that she might grow up to love law enforcement, <laughs> question authority, <laughs> and approve of profit. <laughs> this guy. Unbelievable. Uh, this guy is uh, uh, probably a tenured professor. I bet. Probably paid with yes. taxpayer dollars mm, in yeah. Canada. Is that right? Canada? Yep, this guy it's is? Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, King's College. What's this guy's name? Um, Liam Kennedy. Liam Kennedy. We're going to mm-hmm. find... Uh... Yeah, see if he's tenured. I'll bet he is. In an interview with the uh, CBC, Kennedy railed against the evils of Paw Patrol's peppy team of first responder hounds, declaring them the real vill- villains of the show because they don't respect their local leaders. I'll start with the depiction of the state. Mayor Humdinger and Mayor Goodway, <laughs> kind of the representatives of the state or the government, are portrayed negatively, he says. Mayor Humdinger is portrayed as unethical or corrupt. Mayor Goodway is hysterical, bumbling, incompetent. Gee, that doesn't sound like any no. leadership we've ever heard of. No, 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 no. And don't get him started on how the Paw Patrol itself encourages individual achievement through its motto, no job too big, no pup too small. To me, that's an individualist message, he said. Pull up your bootstraps. You can do it if you just try hard enough. That kind of message ignores structural barriers in our society, and not everyone can do it. Wow. I, you know, if this is true about Paw Patrol and this is what they do, I don't exactly watch the show all that much. You don't. I really don't. I get, you but. know who probably could speak to this right now if he were in this room is Jeffy. Because he watches every show, and I bet he has He's some, probably seen Paw Patrol many uh-huh, times. Some yeah. But, I mean, with all the propaganda to the opposite that, that leads them towards socialism and Marxism, I say, excellent. This is excellent if this is what they're doing. It's, tr- it's a truly awful show, Kennedy explained. I, I just think that as time goes on, children might be less likely to critique the capitalist system that causes environmental harm in the first place and reproduces inequality. Dr. Liam Kennedy, uh, assistant professor there at uh, the University of of whatever we just said it was. King's College. King's College. Okay, Mm -hmm. so here's on his page, on his uh, staff page. Broadly, my research investigates and challenges social inequalities in the criminal justice system and sporting world. Oh, wow. I seek to document how the ways we think, talk about, and practice crime, deviance, and punishment create anxiety, 
responsibilize individuals because you don't want responsible individuals. No, you don't want that. And exclude or individualism at all portions of the social body. Jeez, oh, you know, go to a place that includes everybody. China, for instance. Cuba, for instance. Why don't you live there? Why? Why wouldn't you? You know, it's too much work to try mm-hmm. to turn these capitalist systems into yeah. communist ones. You've already got communist systems that you love. You got collectivism. Go enjoy it. Live it. Love it. Experience it. What could be better than moving to China at this point? Why don't you do, why don't these people do that instead of trying to change what everybody else is enjoying very much for a really long time now? Uh, I'm sorry, we like our freedom. And we like our individualism. And we like being able to chase our dreams. Mm-hmm. And yes, the outcome isn't guaranteed for everybody. But the outcome is guaranteed for everybody in socialism and communism. They're all going to do badly. And they're going to wind up in a concentration camp. Or going to war with the world. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I don't even understand how in this day and age, once we've seen all the evidence that real life has provided us, over the last 150 years, we've seen the fruits of, of communism. And it destroys, it murders, it oppresses. Yep. And, and they love it. Like we said earlier this week with a similar-minded individual, if you love it so much, then why don't you marry it? Why don't you marry it? Just marry it. <laughs> and in order to marry it, you got to go live there. Got to go. Okay. See ya. So, Dr. Uh, Liam Kennedy. Very strange. You are a winner. So great, Paw Patrol, and I mean, really, if you're that upset about a dumb cartoon, you, you've really got some issues. Well, this sounds like somebody who's uh, struggling to uh, justify his salary there on campus, doesn't it? I got to come up with something outlandish. Let's see, what can I go after that really makes a splash, gets in the press? I know, Paw Patrol, a dog cartoon. That's brilliant. Give me a pen. What? Let me start <laughs> writing this down. Ugh. Glad he found something to do with his life, though. That's great. <laughs> Uh, but he's only an assistant professor. Does that mean he's not tenured? Uh, oh, mm, I don't know. I don't know. They don't. Do they? Do they say on their bios um, that they're? I don't tenured? know. Maybe not. You know what I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Scrolling around here, I'm looking for some big wig that maybe's been there a long time. But uh, we got another university professor. This one at University of Oklahoma, who has apologized now after saying, "Okay, boomer." Is the same as saying the N word. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, so he didn't like being called OK Boomer. No, because he's from the Boomer, you know, the baby boom baby generation. Boom generation. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I get called uh, that all the time, and I'm not because I uh, guess I think like one on a lot of stuff. Yeah, you do. Yes. Uh huh. I think like an old, you to, purpose, old didn't expect person. Expect you to back that up. No, you do. You think like a very old person okay like an 80 year old person all right but that's when a student made the comment tuesday the journalists must keep up with their uh, young with the younger generations the professor said that that was the equivalent of saying okay boomer to him which so what <laughs> calling someone a boomer is like calling someone the n-word so wait they didn't what? even call him that no so they didn't even call him no. okay boomer all they did was saying the journalists have to keep up with the younger generation <laughs> And that's the equivalent of OK Boomer, which is the equivalent of the N-word. Oh, wow. Can this we guy take should be fired. any more steps here? I mean, this guy should be fired. Give him Dr. Liam Kennedy's number so they can just talk to each other and keep <laughs> each other occupied and cry about stuff. I realize the word was hurtful and infuses the racial divisions of our country, 
past and present. He said, use, use of the word is inappropriate in any, especially educational settings. The term OK Boomer, a viral meme among millennials and Generation Z, exploded last year on the TikTok social media app <laughs> where countless mocking videos are calling out what young people perceive as out-of-touch baby boomers and their patronizing opinions. Yeah, probably most of those videos on TikTok mocking the older generation were made by one Martin Garcia in the other room. <clears throat> but I digress. Okay, millennials. Yeah, I know you <laughs> You guys know everything. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, we've yeah. got no wisdom in the baby boom generation. No okay, wisdom. Okay, boomer. <laughs> Martin, you vote, right? You go out and vote on election day and yeah, primary I do. And stuff? Yeah. Cool. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. The monitor's cut off. <laughs> oh, maybe you're going deaf in there, Boomer. Again, it's time to raise the uh, voting age to 35. What, what are we going up to, 35? 35, yeah. 35. Yeah, 35. Maybe it should be 40 to get out of the millennial generation. Uh, 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, tomorrow on Frivolous Friday. I think we're going to talk about uh, some guilty pleasures, like songs that, you know, maybe you love, but you're embarrassed to love them. You love them in secret. <laughs> you, you love them by yourself because you're afraid of the ridicule you'll receive if people were to know. If they knew the real me. Songs like mm, Close to You by The Carpenters. Embarrassing to love that as, a, <laughs> as a, an adult male? Yes. Yet I still do. Okay. I still do. That's a good song. I mean, I think it is. It's cool. I think it is. You're among friends. And we lost her. You know, we lost Karen. Oh, really? Yeah, we lost her. I didn't realize that. Yeah, she needed an extra sandwich or two. Triple eight nine hundred thirty-two ninety thirty-three ninety-three, and at Pat Unleashed on Twitter, where I believe we've got some uh, tweets, including Atticus, who tweets, "I've heard that one time the president used the handicap stall in a public bathroom." Yeah. Hashtag impeach Trump. Can we write up articles right now <clears throat> on that? Because I think so. Yeah. Egregious. Yeah. Plus, it's only rumor. We don't even know any facts about it. There's no evidence yet. I say we proceed. Uh, Chris Welderboy. <clears throat> Impeachment for Donald Trump is like spinach for Popeye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just get stronger from it. Kool-Aid drinker. Just remember, <clears throat> Pat, 98.5% of st- statistics are made up. <laughs> Wait, okay. All wait right. a minute, wait. Mm, including that one? Huh? <laughs> uh, rants out loud, when does Professor Kennedy rail against bubble guppies for always having a store? Yeah, I'm not familiar I with that. I don't, I don't know bubble guppies. Wait, what's bubble guppies? Yeah. Hey, let's, I got to do some Googling here. Libertarian Ninja, looks like I'm going to be feeding my five-year-old a steady diet of Paw Patrol. <laughs> you won't be allowed to watch anything else. Gregory Scott Harmon tweets, uh, I sense a new transgender gay Paw Patrol puppy coming to Canada TV soon. Oh, you ain't kidding. And from Jeffy's sagging kank- cankles. Uh, <laughs> wow, is cankles are sagging now? I, I guess. Ah, we, did that, we did that aging app. Uh, he might definitely be <laughs> sagging now. Anyway, uh, Jeffy's sagging cankles says, It's a show about puppies. Go away. Right? <clears throat> yeah. My gosh. So ridiculous. The things people uh, choose. They yes. choose to get upset about that. Yes. Yes. You know what? I, I doubt the guy's even... Does he have... Oh, yeah. They said he wouldn't let his daughters watch. Well, there you go. Just don't let her watch if you there don't you like go. the show. And then leave the rest of us alone, Yeah, man. problem solved. Ugh. Unbelievable. 
So last night, uh, you got an alert, Keith, from M- from uh, NBC oh, News. Oh, so I've got a bunch of news apps on my phone, and I got an interesting one from uh, NBC News. Somebody tweeted out from NBC News yeah. or, or Somebody did an alert. that got a pink slip after this on went out. On climate change, but get yeah. this. What's it say? Let's see. Climate change is not directly to blame for the warm winter we're having. Jet stream science is. That was... Uh, that was... <clears throat> That was that intern's last tweet, or last alert wow. that uh, he sent off before he was sent packing. That's anti-agenda right there. Yeah, that's not I should good. Have, I should have read the story. Instead, I was just so shocked. I just took a screenshot, tweeted it out, and called it a night. First I of all, should have read that. are we having a warm winter? It's been pretty cold here in Dallas-Fort Worth uh, for much of the winter. We're not... You, we're we're not getting our usual two day cycle of cold, and then it warms back up to the seventies, sixties, and seventies, and then two days uh, it, later it will get cold again, and it'll stay cold for two days, and then it gets warm again. We've had several weeks where weeks at a time where it's been in the forties and fifties, and didn't they get massive snowstorms in December in the Northeast and Midwest? Mm-hmm. But they're saying that if 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 February's mild trend continues. This is that NBC story. It's gonna be the warmest be, winter ever. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. You you know the you know the template here. I do. Um it's gonna be the warmest summer too. It's gonna be the hottest year we've ever seen. Yeah. Okay, shut up. But it's the jet stream, not not global warming. Change. Yeah. Yeah. So the oh no, here we go. Hold on. The jet stream is powered by temperature differences between the cooler Arctic region and warmer air masses to the south. Uh As the jet stream circles the planet, it can turn wavy characteristics of a negative phase of the Arctic uh, oscillation. Let's see. When these ripples form... I'm just trying to... I'm I'm, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. Where does it say climate change? It doesn't. It never does say climate change? I'm not seeing that here. I'm telling you, whoever wrote this, the author and... uh, so, Denise Chow, it was nice knowing you. You're the NBC <laughs> yeah. News science uh, reporter. Mm, bye-bye. And then uh, intern Joe, who sent out the alert. Bye-bye. Both of you are done. Bye. I can't <laughs> believe this is still up. <laughs> uh, maybe we should get this story to the uh, the tree lovers in Seattle. That, oh, no. That were singing oh, to no. the city council. Um, this is. Uh, I guess they knocked down a tree to build something. Yeah. Probably to put up a parking lot. Yeah, probably. And watch what happens at the city. There's an unwelcome sight in the neighborhood. A developer is being greedy. There's a hole in the sky where a tree once stood. Please don't do this. Please is she don't. done? Oh, no, she's just no, moving no, up, no, no. Such a lack of life and sound. All that's left is bare, muddy ground. <laughs> a magnificent tree was murdered. The mighty dollar <laughs> cut it down. Oh, the mighty dollar cut There's it down. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. Stand up. Stand There's up, a Chuck. hole in the sky mm, where no. the tree once was. Somebody's oh, making money. Look at- Laws protect <laughs> exceptional Good trees. Gosh. But the city grants exemptions to these. Instead, they reward the developer's greed and sanction the murderer's deeds. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's, Somebody's making, making money. money. 
money. There's a hole, hole in, the in the sky, sky where, where the tree, tree once, once was. Stood. Somebody's making money. No more leaves shimmering with golden wow. light. No this more good, gentle right? shadows. This is your Seattle rains. City Council. Nor tulip blossoms rustling in the wind. Now nothing remains. Uh oh, here we go. That hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. Yeah, don't want people to make money. No, no. Somebody's making money. Making money. There's a hole in the sky. In the sky. Instead of a spreading canopy. There's a hole in the sky. Never quite got there. Instead of a 90-year-old tree. Now she's singing back up too. In the sky. In the sky. In the sky. That tree did not belong to you or me. Okay. You're right. It belonged to the developer who bought it. Where the tree should be. Guy, that is just unreal. Uh, so, so embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for her. Are you? And them. And the, all of them. And, and they apparently passed out lyrics because there's people behind oh her. Gosh. They're looking at a sheet, singing along. But somebody's <laughs> did, making did money. Did she write that or is that actually from a... Seems like it's from a song. I mean, a, like a real song. Yeah. That, from a uh, real movie or something. A play, a Broadway play. That money or, thing at the end. Uh, it's from the 80s. Oh, gosh. Yeah. There's a hole in the sky. Now that I don't now, know. Are, yeah. are there trees in the sky? Well, I mean, I, the, it's a it's a 90 year old tree, so hmm. it's probably made up some ground from being a sapling. Yeah, but it's not actually in the sky. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the tree doesn't reach the sky. But pumpkin. see, there's a hole in the sky in the sky. Yeah. Okay. See, because you got to sing back up too. Right. But uh, this is know. part of the Bay Tree Pact. Oh, there's our friends. There's yeah. our. That's true. We haven't heard from her in a while. <laughs> She probably Jeez. check her uh, YouTube channel. You know, another YouTube channel you should check out is uh, YouTube.com/slash Pat Gray. Yes, you should subscribe yes, to that. Do that. Click subscribe. the bell for notifications. Spread it around, and then you will be notified tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern on Valentine's Day for the new <clears throat> installment of Leakages. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. So anyway, um, anyway, let me take one minute to tell you about mm -hmm. uh, Rough Greens. Okay. Dry dog food has to have a three, uh, two to three year shelf life. Uh, so dry food manufacturers sterilize the food when they make it. In other words, they have to kill anything that might be alive in your pet's food, anything that's really good for them. And so the good stuff is gone. The probiotics, the enzymes, the vitamins, and the healthy microbacteria. So your dog is essentially eating dead food. That's why I love Rough Greens VitaSmart. First of all, it's not a dog food. It's a supplement. It's a really healthy supplement that puts back into your dog's food all the live nutrients that are necessary for your dog to be really healthy. So no matter whether you use really expensive dog food or you make your own, Rough Greens VitaSmart will make your dog's food better. They will be friskier. They will be puppy-like. They're going to be running around again. And if they're like my dog, they're going to love the taste. Uh, she just gobbles this stuff down. If you want to see your dog thrive again, just go to Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash blaze. R-U-F-F-Greens, roughgreens.com slash blaze, or just call 833-MY-DOG-33. Pat Gray, Unleashed. A lot of... Uh, embarrassing things happened uh, this week. Uh, not just not just the Seattle Council uh, tragedy. 
That's insane about the tree that was murdered. There's a hole in the sky. In where the, the sky. Because the tree was murdered. It was murdered. Come on now. Can, can we get a grip? This country. And of course the answer is no. Uh, but here's Pete Buttigieg. This is a little embarrassing as well. He's raising the roof with his uh, with his audience and... Maybe he should... Uh, what? Yeah, he doesn't That's really awkward. know how to do that. Uh, Either you commit to that yes. or you don't do it at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, he's just holding his hands up. Look at me. I got my hand raising the roof here. Mm-hmm. This, doesn't, this doesn't... But that's still not as count. bad as Bill Nye, the science guy. Oh, yeah? Uh, trying to dance. I don't know what the deal is here. It's just <laughs> some... Look at this. He's in a fashion show walking in the catwalk. All dancing is embarrassing. Especially when it's douche dancing like this guy. Douche dancing. Come on. Yeah. True that. That's just sad. Why Why do we even... In, why do we have to see this guy all the time? <laughs> he's not a science guy. He's not funny. He's not interesting. And yet, he's paid attention to. Why? Then we come to Sheila Jackson Lee. <laughs> who's been embarrassing since I don't know she got into office in Day the one. in the 90s well, uh, just just yeah. unbelievable uh she's railing against uh Donald Trump because he's racist mm. and she'll tell you why he's racist uh here as she's babbling toward nonsense that in slavery mm-hmm. they begin to characterize the descendants of enslaved Africans as lazy that's all the stereotypes and there were laws put in place that if you were picking cotton, you couldn't get assistance. And so this mm. document is trying to uproot the long belief mm-hmm. that poor people, particularly African-Americans <clears throat> and now immigrants and others, are lazy. What? This budget clearly emphasized that unfortunately racially charged direction. I'm sorry, in what? In cutting is... Medicaid, in cutting nutrition programs, in cutting housing. What does that have to do with laziness? So, my question is this. Okay. Yeah, it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it, she's, she's what she's talking about is that there's a work element yes. uh, to the bill. So, so that... You have, to be, you have to work in order to get these benefits. Right. So if they're not lazy, then they're still going to get the benefits, right? Yes. So how is she getting that? Seems like she's the racist by my making that out of it. Goodness. Uh, she's just, she does not make sense. I, I don't know why they keep sending her back to office. Time after time after time after time. Since 1994. Don't you ever get <sighs> sick of how stupid she is? Really? She's a total and complete embarrassment to Texas, to Houston, to the Third Ward. Mm. Please send her home, somebody. <laughs> wow. Everybody's tried. The Republicans who try, they get. They get hammered like 85 to 15 in her district. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I I helped the tried to help the guy back when I lived there. Oh my goodness. But he, you're right. He, he didn't have a pummeled. chance. I don't even think he got 30%. I don't think he did. No. Nobody does. If you got 30%, that's like a moral victory in that district. And yet she continues to babble nonsense. She doesn't make any sense to anybody. Look at this, man. It's embarrassing. So when I was there, um it just says, between 96 and 2008, during this time period, Jackson Lee was never challenged in the Democratic primary. She won re-election during this time with at least 76% of the vote. At least. At least. 
Yeah. And and it is such a sad district that she obviously yeah. doesn't care about. It's incredibly poor. Uh, they, you know, and it continues to be incredibly poor and destitute year after year after year, and they don't care. They just keep sending her back to do the same thing she's doing. Nothing for them. Unbelievable. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, according to Yahoo Finance. The global food superfood market will grow by $200 billion uh, up to 2023. Experts agree eating superfoods is the easiest way to get nutrient-dense foods. The best part is it's all natural, you know, most of the time. The trick is finding a product with the best quality ingredients, no extracts, and the USDA seal. That's why we trust <clears throat> Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. One scoop has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps with your immunity, reduces your risk of heart disease. It's prebiotic, probiotic. It's a great source of vitamins and minerals, fiber, all kinds of nutrients. With Field of Greens, there's no counting pills. You just put a scoop in a glass of water, stir it up, drink it down, and you're done. Or you could put it into a smoothie, as I occasionally do. Uh, It just sweetens it. So go to... BrickHouseBlaze.com BrickHouseBlaze.com Save 15% off your first order when you use the offer code PAT. Even better, if you sign up for a recurring subscription, you can save an extra 10% every month. Build a better you, one brick at a time. BrickHouseBlaze.com BrickHouseBlaze.com Offer code PAT. Pat Gray Unleashed Got some tweets here at Pat Unleashed from Trisha. Did Pat just say douche dancing? Yes. Yes, I did. Just spit out my coffee on that one. <laughs> yeah, Bill Nye the Science Guy dancing on the catwalk. Yeah, that's douche that's, dancing. That's, right that's, that's douche dancing. Then we've got douche dancer Dan. That happened quickly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the people who want socialism, which encourages laziness, <laughs> complaining about being called lazy. <laughs> Exactly. There you go. Uh, guilty pleasure songs that we're going to do tomorrow. Uh, mm. Nations Under. You mean songs I, that I love, like All By Myself? Thanks. Yes, just like that. All That's what we want to hear. Myself. Don't want to be. Uh, surely you can't be serious, tweets. Uh, the Jetstream Science fact-shaming intern was just reassigned to China. <laughs> Bye-bye, Trigger. <laughs> uh, TSA Ballbuster. <laughs> I blame climate change on that giant yellow ball of fire in the sky that's two billion times the size of our entire planet and burning at four million degrees. That, you know, of course, in my incandescent light bulb. (laughs) Uh, From Griffin Jones. Paw Patrol? Uh, I'd rather listen to Cats on 11. (laughs) Oh, that's a tough one. man. That's a tough one. Speaking of cats, we've got a a cat. Uh, This is an animal video. An animal! Video, y'all. One uh, broke keep, through. Keep Thank has been you. Pushing for weeks. Who sent here's, that? Here's a yeah. cat snoring or something. Yeah, Being and do a microphone, do an echo microphone. Listen to this. Uh huh. Oh, you know what that sounds like is the whale sounds. Oh on, yeah. Uh, Star Trek Four. I love this cat, man. Mm-hmm. Oblivious. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Huh. Uh-huh. Huh. 
All right, there you go. That's a... So you're liking it? Yeah. You're okay. laughing. It's great. You like it. I like this better. <laughs> I like that. My, you know, three thousand year old mummy sound. They were very similar. Yeah, close. The cat into the. Uh, if echo you put an echo on it, yeah, be the same thing. The mummy. It's the same exact sound. Yeah. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. A little more uh, racism to share with you this morning. Oh, good. Yeah, there's racism so many... in the morning. Yeah, they're right. A bunch of people gathered at the <laughs> University of Virginia uh, Multicultural Center, and it turned out a lot of them were white. Uh, no. So, yeah. So here's what happened. At a multicultural mm-hmm. center? Public service announcement. <clears throat> Excuse me. If uh-huh. y'all didn't know, this is the MSC. And frankly, there's just too many white people in here. And this is a space for people of color. So just be really cognizant of the space that you're taking up. Because it does what? make some of us POCs uncomfortable when we see too many white people in here. It's only been open for four days. And frankly, there's what? the whole university for a lot of y'all to be at. And there's very few okay. spaces for us. So hmm. keep that in mind. Thank you. Are you serious? Somebody actually clapped for that? Oh, my gosh. This racist idiot stands up and tells him there's too many white people in there. And they somebody actually clapped over that. And it, what do you want to bet? It's a self-loathing white person. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's too many Woo! of me in here. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We really suck. We shouldn't be here or anywhere else for that matter. That is... Has she been fired yet? Obscene. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. Was she a student that was there? I guess so. I mean, there's a employed frankly, there, yeah. Frankly, there is just too many white people in here, and this is a space for people of color. <clears throat> Jeez. Yeah, great. Yeah. Huh. That doesn't seem very multicultural to me. That seems like... No. A, you know... Uh, monocultural, like you only want black people in there. You just said it was a space for black people, and it's a multicultural center. What a world we live in! Wow, it's, it's a, I, uh, I can't take it. Maybe we could bond over episodes of Paw Patrol or something. <laughs> maybe. No, that's too capitalist. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's propaganda. Mm-hmm. A former Central Ohio football coach has threatened to sue the NFL in a Facebook post over. Uh, the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh oh. He stated that he believed he was in danger of hellfire from viewing it. You know, because <laughs> J Lo came out and she danced, did the pole dance. Yeah. And uh, what's her face also came out. You know, what's her name? Uh, Shakira. Here. Shakira and J Lo were kind of grinding around and dancing around and they were scantily clad. And I guess he just lost his arms and legs and couldn't find the remote. I don't know. Why don't you just <laughs> turn the channel? Idiot. So wait, the fact that it was on and and he watched it. He's in danger he's of hellfire. To... Yeah. Well, you wouldn't be if you turned the channel. Dave Dobbenmeyer, activist and host of Pass the Salt Ministries, Coach Dave Live web show, hmm. said he plans on suing the NFL, Pepsi, and Fox, Whoa. several other companies too, over the graphic nature of the crotch-grabbing halftime show performance. Is he suing the maker of his TV and the batteries that operate the remote, too? Because obviously yeah, they failed should. him. They must have failed him. should be suing his arm for not being able to reach over and grab the remote and change the channel. Mm. I think we ought to be able to go in down, go sit down in a courtroom and present this as evidence of how whoever is keeping me from getting into the kingdom of heaven, he said. Uh, okay. <laughs> I turned, I turned on the TV to watch football, not uh-huh. to watch a pole dance. They penetrated the sanctity of my home. Now, again, 
You know, you can control that. I don't know if you're aware, but uh, that's a new thing. Do they have a mind control thing going on? Yeah, the halftime I have show to stand well? up and walk across the room to change my channel. Then he so. changes direction just a tad. Okay, J Lo is fifty. You go on a porn website, you're not looking for fifty year old women. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> wait, whoa, wait, what? Wait, I, I thought that your problem was that Pastor. they were doing. <laughs> I don't. So are you going on porn websites and you just want the younger folk? To so he's upset. It? Yeah, that she's that, old. That J Lo is over fifty. <laughs> that's what I'm getting from this. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole different topic. I'm not here to tell the NFL what they can put on. I'm not here to tell anyone what they can watch. But they don't have the right in the middle of a game to broadcast soft porn. Yeah, because I'm not looking for women over fifty. <laughs> Sir. So apparently, I mean, he didn't mention Sh- Shakira's under 50, so maybe he was okay with that. I guess so. Part of the show. Uh, anyway, his lawsuit seeks, Uh huh. I mean, a reasonable sell- a settlement. T- a ticket to heaven? He, no, he said he would settle for um, $867 trillion. Is that what it costs to get into heaven now? I don't know. Hmm. $867 trillion. Trillion. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck on that lawsuit again will anybody ask him i'm I'm sorry do you have a tv that's stuck on one channel even if that's the case you can turn it on and off right again again you have to get up and walk across the room yeah i guess if your batteries are dead in the remote yeah i mean that's both your legs that's who he needs to sue is the battery makers (laughs) obviously all right hey we've got uh peter schweiker coming up schweitzer next Profiles in corruption. We're talking about that. Beware. Pat Gray is unleashed. Triple eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. Added Pat Unleashed on uh, Twitter. We'd like to welcome into the studio Peter Schweitzer, New York Times bestselling author, and has written uh, a tremendous new book called Profiles in Corruption. We listened with dropped jaws a couple of weeks ago as you. Uh, as you outlined some of this stuff on Glenn's show, Peter, wanted to have you in. Uh, congratulations on the book. It's Thanks, awesome. Thanks, Pat. Thanks very much. Um, so what I think is going to be surprising to people is that, uh, you know, we've heard quite a bit through through Glenn's specials and, and, uh, and a little bit on Fox News that, yeah, the Bidens have some corruption going on there with between uh, Biden's vice presidency and, you know, Hunter Biden doing things that he wasn't qualified for, had never done in his life, and he's making all this cash. Right. I mean, I heard everything. You heard estimates everywhere from, you know, $3 million to $5 million to $1.8 billion. I mean, nobody knows how much he made, um, but it was a lot. And he's not the only one in the family right. that got enriched. Yes. Right? That's exactly right. We call him the Biden Five. It's like the Jackson Five, but they can't sing. And the five <laughs> or of them, dance, as far as I can tell, <laughs> or dance, correct. Yeah. Uh, but they're <laughs> united by the fact that when Joe Biden was vice president, they all cashed in in different ways. So people know about Hunter as it, as it relates to Ukraine. Uh, we talk in the book about uh, his deals involving Kazakhstan. Uh, again, the same rules apply. No background in the areas he was working with the Kazakhs. No background in Kazakhstan. He had the deals mm. in China that I've talked to Glenn and. and you guys about before. Um, so people know about Hunter, but you've got the other four. You've got his brother James, his brother Frank, uh, you've got his sister Valerie, and you've got his daughter uh, Ashley, whose son-in-law actually launched a business 
from the Oval Office. I mean, imagine this for a second. Joe Biden, in June of 2011, ushers in these two executives for this new company called Startup Health that literally has just been launched. They barely have a website. Uh, Joe Biden brings these guys in to meet with Barack Obama. They have their picture taken. They put the picture up on their website, their company website. The next day, they, even though they're a new company, they're a centerpiece of a big health data uh, conference that the federal government, the Obama administration, is putting on. And then over the next five Uh. years, Joe Biden, sitting vice president of the United States, goes to events organized by Startup Health, where behind closed doors he briefs investors and partners in this in this private company well one of the three principals in the company is married to his daughter ashley which never really kind of comes out in these public speeches and things um so it's it's you know or you take james his brother james november of 2010 a guy named kevin justice a biden family friend from delaware has just started a new construction company um and and hillstone international um he has meetings in the in the White House with Biden's office. We don't know what those meetings were about, but we know they took place from uh, White House visitors' logs. Within three weeks of those meetings, the company hires James Biden, that's Joe Biden's brother, as executive vice president. What of this an amazing coincidence! It's, it's shocking, Pat. <laughs> wow. And, and you know, the small world. Let, yeah. me, let me ask you: Do you think James <laughs> actually had background in construction when he got this? Oh, job? he must have, right? <laughs> he must have. <laughs> well, he did not, and he, he actually didn't? had no project management whatsoever. Jeez. So he becomes vice president, executive vice president of this new company. Within six months, they land a contract worth one point five billion dollars <sighs> to build t- oh hundred thousand homes in Iraq part of Iraqi war reconstruction. So this stuff goes on oh and gosh. on and on and on. And nobody's interested, except you. No, nobody nobody is interested. I mean, this is me uh, and my research staff. Wow. I mean, we, we, we spent 18 months researching the book. The Biden stuff was probably seven or eight months. How did you get turned on to this? How did this uh, come to be where you started looking into uh, Biden's family relations and how they got enriched? Well, I think it started with Hunter. We, t- we, uh, we exposed okay. Hunter in yeah. Secret Empires. And my experience experiences is that if somebody's willing to do this for one family member and they're willing to cut corners and engage in crony deals with one family member, mm-hmm. they're probably going to do it for others. So we did a 360 on the other members of the family. And sure enough, <laughs> their commercial fortunes just blossomed yeah. when Joe was vice president. Meanwhile, he continues to claim Nobody is saying that anything was done wrong. Everybody's looked into this, and nobody found any wrongdoing. Right. He just, I mean, they're so good at lying and just repeating the same lie over and over and over again. And look, here's the problem that Joe Biden has, and I'm convinced this is one of the reasons he's struggling with voters. People get it. I mean, just look at the the Ukraine thing. This is what we absolutely know is fact, okay? Putin goes into Crimea in February of 2014. The next month, March of 2014, Joe Biden is appointed by Barack Obama to be point person on policy for Iraq. That is March of 2014. Within three weeks, Hunter Biden gets a deal from the Ukrainians. He's never had My any deals gosh. in Ukraine before. Uh, and, and we know based on, on financial records that came out in the court case, he was getting paid $83,333 a month, which is a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. We know he had no background in Ukraine. He had no background in energy policy. Those are all facts. People outside the Beltway and most people inside the Beltway know what's going on here. And so when Joe Biden says, well, nobody says anybody did anything wrong, 
wrong. It's obvious on the face of it's what's going on. And the fact that he can't see it, I think, speaks to the problem that he and so many people in the Beltway have. And the amazing thing is, it's not just Joe Biden. Somewhere along the way, you discovered that this is going on throughout the Democrat Party. All of these progressive uh, elites have things going on that are a little bit shady. Uh, For instance, socialist Bernie Sanders has some issues, right? Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I first started looking at some of the leading progressives that we focus on the book, I kind of thought, okay, Bernie Sanders is the John the Baptist of progressives. He's the guy in the wilderness, you know, that that's right. eating wild eating honey. Bugs. Exactly, eating <laughs> bugs and eating wild honey, and and he's like the true believer in all of this. And um, the fact is, when you start dissecting his career, beginning in 1980, when he first uh, becomes mayor of Burlington, Vermont, up through his congressional and Senate career, you realize he's doing the same thing. He's steering taxpayer money. He's steering campaign money to wow. his family, and it starts when he's you. You know, Mayor Burlington, one of the first things he does is he's got a new girlfriend named Jane, who becomes Jane Sanders. One of the first things Bernie does when he's elected mayor by, by less than 300 votes um, is he hires his girlfriend and puts her on the city payroll. And the city council, which is run by Democrats, says, wait a minute, you can't do this. There's not even a job here. You're just you know, giving her. And Bernie basically ignores them. And that's the beginning of the process. When he runs for Congress, what does he do? He puts his wife in charge of media buying. Now, this is one of the dirty secrets in Washington, D.C. The way you can channel a lot of money to somebody with, with very few people knowing it is by putting them in charge of media buying. So, Pat, if you ran for the Senate in the great state of Texas and you said, Peter, I want you to do your media buying, here, spend a million dollars on television ads. Basically, the industry standard is I get to keep 10 to 15 percent of that as a commission. So that's that's nice. a, yes, hundred thousand, one hundred fifty thousand nice. dollars. And here's the beauty of it, Pat. Wow. In the in the FEC disclosure, it will show that you spent a million dollars on media buys, but it won't show. It won't got, show your portion. It will not show my portion. It will not show who got the commission. So what we did is we reversed engineer and found out that Bernie Sanders, running for Congress, made his wife his media buyer. Jeez. <laughs> now she had no background in media buying, of course, but you know she pocketed <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars doing this. We even found cases of other people running for office who wanted Bernie's endorsement. There was kind of this shock as to why is why is Bernie not endorsing this guy? After that guy hired Jane to do his media buying, wow. Bernie endorsed him. Of course. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, it's a nice gig, now, isn't it? It's obviously unethical. Yeah. Is is it illegal, no. or are they just they're skirting? They're just they're yeah. just skirting the law. Yeah, right? exactly. Just There's, on this side of the law, ever so slightly. That's exactly right, Pat. And and this is, I think, one of the things that we've got to make that illegal. Well, I think I mean, we that's should. unbelievable. I think we should because you think about it this way: if you're a publicly traded company. The Securities Exchange Commission requires you to disclose conflicts of interest. So if you're the CEO of Xerox and you say, hey, we're going to hire this consulting firm and the consulting firm is run by your son or your daughter, (laughs) you have to you're required to if you don't disclose that uh, you can be charged with a crime. Because you're failing to let shareholders know of a conflict. That doesn't apply to politics because, of course, politicians get to write their own rules. (laughs) They don't want these kinds of rules in there. Yeah, that's the problem. We're talking to uh, Peter Schweitzer. Profiles and Courage is the name of the book. Abuse of Power by America's Progressive Elite. So it's not, you know, you might think it's it's all about Joe Biden. It it is in part, and there's, there's a huge section on Joe Biden. But let me just run through the other names that are featured in the chapters. Kamala Harris. Uh, Cory Booker, 
Elizabeth Warren, Sherrod Brown, Bernie Sanders, Amy Klobuchar, Eric Garcetti. Now, I think a lot of people might be surprised by Amy Klobuchar. I don't know. It's because she seems sweet or... She's from Minnesota. She's from Minnesota. (laughs) You know, she's not as aggravating as some of the others. Uh, What is her deal? Yeah, it's interesting. Amy Klobuchar, um, before she was elected to the Senate, was the the chief prosecutor for Hennepin County, which is Minneapolis area in Minnesota. So very, very important job. And the problems with Amy Klobuchar begin there because as prosecutor, you expect them to sort of... Uh, uh, dole out justice equally. And Amy Klobuchar made a big deal of going after white-collar crime uh, while she was prosecutor. And there's some good cases there. There's also some small fry cases as well. But that, that goes without saying. But the biggest gap uh, is is a, a guy named Tom Petters, who ran this large company, seemingly large company, that ended up being the second largest Ponzi scheme in U.S. history. It was worth billions of dollars. Uh, and we spent a lot of time going through uh, corporate records, um, legal documents. And what you find is that she was well aware that there was suspicious activity to what Petters was doing. Uh, She actually went after some of his business partners and charged them with financial crimes. She never went after Petters. What we found was Petters ended up being, along with his business associates, by far her largest campaign contributors for the Senate run. Yes, surprise, surprise. Her (laughs) largest campaign contributors. And in fact, when he finally gets arrested, the FBI raids his offices. It's exposed as a big Ponzi scheme. Uh, One of the first phone calls Petters makes is to somebody in Washington, D.C. named Amy Klobuchar. (laughs) Um, And she actually says, hey, I'm going to get a friend-of-the-family lawyer to represent you. So that's kind of the beginning of it. But now in her Senate career, Pat, what's interesting is there's this paradox. She's really tried to position herself as a moderate. And what's curious about her Senate career is she votes with um, uh, Bernie Sanders 87% of the time. Moderate Amy Klobuchar? Exactly. 87% of the time. But, Pat, she is also at the same time, think about this, at the same time, one of the largest, the top three recipients of corporate campaign contributions in the entire U.S. Senate. Wow. So, and if we talk about this in the book, there's a pattern where she will go to companies, there's an energy company, where within a three or four day period, uh, a couple of dozen executives from that energy company will donate to her campaign. Within a couple of weeks, she introduces legislation that specifically benefits that corporation. And that's a pattern with her. So crony capitalism is a big deal with Amy Klobuchar. Now, one of the things I love about the book is that there's literally... Over a hundred pages of <laughs> documentation of all of this right, stuff, right? right? You don't just pull this out of thin air. You right. show your sources and you show what's going on. Right. And I think that maybe that's one of the reasons that you've had as little pushback as you've had from the left. Hmm. Because they know that this is documented stuff and they don't even want to bring it up. Yeah. They don't even want to talk to you about this book. Has has like has uh, MSNBC or CNN come after you on this? No, they haven't. Uh, yeah. And you're right. I mean, everything in the book, we don't use anonymous sources. I know anonymous sources are very popular in Washington, D.C. <laughs> we don't use anonymous sources. When I So when I talk about Amy Klobuchar or Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders, it's all based on either corporate records, financial records, um, you know, things from court cases, uh, overseas corporations, et cetera. Um, it's all footnoted there. So we have not had pushback. Um, Media Matters pushed back a little bit as it relates to Elizabeth Warren. I talk about how Elizabeth Warren was a consultant to the federal government and then 
you know, use the fact that she helped write part of the bankruptcy law to go to corporations and say, hire me and I will help you navigate around the, co- the, the, the laws that I helped to write. Oh, my God. Elizabeth Warren actually did that. And they said, oh, well, we don't understand where he's getting this from. Well, if they would actually read the footnotes in the book, uh, we found a, a, a legal deposition from Elizabeth Warren describing that that's exactly what she was doing. So, yes, you're exactly right. It's all in black and white. And wow. everything, There's you're not going to find some obscure reference to a document you can't find. You can find these documents online, or you can find them on our website. Now, what has Spartacus done? I can't imagine that uh, Spartacus, <laughs> Cory Booker, has done anything shady. Yeah, I, you know, think of all, all I need to say is realize that the guy was, uh, for two terms, the mayor of Newark, New Jersey, which is one of the most corrupt <laughs> cities in America. Yeah. Um, and, and he did not break uh, the pattern of corruption there. I mean, we go into detail. He had numerous top aides that were indicted uh, because they were trading contracts for favors. Uh, when he came into the mayor's office, uh, one of his best friends, he hired, uh, literally hired his teenage kid uh, to to redo the websites for the city, uh, gave him millions of dollars. That, of course, went completely awry. They ended up having to hire another contractor. So it's inside game machine politics with Cory Booker, and he does the same thing in the United Senate. In the United States Senate, we actually trace the fact that two of his closest aides, from when he was mayor, when he becomes a senator, they become lobbyists in Washington D.C. and their clients absolutely completely mirror the committees <laughs> that Cory Booker gets. To. So they have no foreign clients. When Cory Booker becomes uh, a member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, they suddenly line up all these foreign clients. Huh. Unreal. And Peter, I, I want to circle back to uh, Elizabeth mm. Warren, if we could. Um, and she has a son-in-law who's connected to Iran. Yes. Uh, could you lay that out for us? Yeah, this this one was sort of really shocking. So um, her daughter, uh, Amelia, is married to a guy named Sushil Tiagi, very, very smart guy from India, uh, met Elizabeth Warren's daughter when he was at the uh, Wharton School of Business. Uh, they got married. But he has a lot of international businesses, very hard to trace, by the way. I mean, we spent three or four months tracing his businesses. But he set up a company called uh, Tricolor Films. Um, and we, we captured the website, and the website describes their business models unusual. They're going to make feature films, but they're going to make them uh, by getting them financed through foreign governments, which is very, very unusual. doesn't mm. say who those foreign governments are. So we started looking through his producer credits. We started looking through the films he actually worked on and found one he f- that he made called Song of Sparrows. Now, that's the English translation. It's actually The film's actually done in Persian. Turns out he's the sole producer of the film. The, the film was financed by the Iranian government. Um, this is listed in the film credits. The two government agencies that actually finance the films are the only financial of the film are some of the sponsors of All Cuds Days uh, in Iran, which are these virulently anti-Semitic, um, uh, uh, I don't know if celebrations are the right word, but um, where, where they basically are lamenting the fact that Jerusalem is controlled by right. those Jewish infidels. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's curious in the film credits is that they mm. thank, they want to thank the Iranian Revolutionary Guards Air Force for their contributions to the film. It's unclear what that contribution is, but it's just (laughs) this bizarre, this bizarre reference. So, um, yeah, it's this... You know, and that's the one we know of. We don't know if he has other deals with other foreign governments. We don't know what those might be. But it's pretty stunning that you would be willing to do business with the Iranian government to produce a film. I, I, I mean, if this, if any of this stuff 
was was linked to Donald Trump. (laughs) These stories would be everywhere all the time. Yeah. If he was if he was funneling money to his sons or or to Ivanka. I mean, can you imagine the outrage? That I'd be, be outraged. I would, too. Yes. I would, too. Uh, but you'd certainly have CNN's interest. Oh, absolutely. You <laughs> would. You absolutely. like this. I mean, imagine the, the, the Hunter Biden story, which we've talked about before, uh, where Joe Biden flies on Air Force Two to Beijing, China. Hunter Biden hitches a ride with him. Um, Joe Biden meets with all these Chinese officials. Then 10 days later, after they return, Hunter Biden's small financial firm gets this billion dollar private equity deal from the Chinese government. Imagine, imagine mm-hmm. if Don Trump Jr. did that with his dad. Hitched oh a ride on Air Force One and struck a, let's say, a billion dollar energy deal, an area where he has no background. <laughs> I mean, I'd be yeah. screaming from the rooftops. Yeah. CNN certainly would. But, but this, they basically say, Oh, you know, we don't think there's anything to see there. Yeah, would you say that the Biden dealings with China are even worse than the ones with Ukraine? Yes, I would, mm-hmm. because the, the 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 scope is bigger. Um, in the case of Ukraine, um, look, Ukraine is a terribly corrupt country. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, we know what they were looking for. Uh, with the Chinese, I think they were looking for a lot more than the Ukrainians were. Ukrainians were looking for aid. They were looking for access to Joe Biden. The Chinese are our chief rivals. It's not yeah. the Russians. The yeah. Chinese are the ascendant power, not the Russians. They want technology. Russians. Yeah, they want technology. Mm-hmm. They view themselves as replacing us as the main arbiter of global power 20 to 30 years from now. So they're our chief competitor. The Ukrainians are not. So the fact that the son of the vice president actively courted these relationships, then got involved with them, uh, uh, you know, became a board member of this um, Bohai Harvest company that the Chinese government set up, that that company... Mm-hmm as I lay out in the book, uh, ends up doing technology deals in the United States that involve dual-use military technologies, and you're the son of the vice president, it's pretty clear what you're, be- you're being used. And, and you're, you know what's going on. Hunter Biden's not a dumb guy in that sense. Uh, he knows what's going on, and th- th- you're willing to participate in it. It's pretty shocking to me. It's, I, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, and these are people who you know, hate corporations, they they uh, they purport not to like to fraternize with with countries like Iran or China, right. uh, the Ukraine. You know, Trump is in so much trouble with them over his dealings in Ukraine, and here they are double dealing and sneaking around in right. in the shadows and right. and enriching their families. Yeah. It's just it's unbelievable. It is. It is, Pat. And you look at the two that have been most radical in their criticism mm. of corporations. That would be Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Uh, and I talk about this in the book. Look at Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders has an investment portfolio. It's worth more than a million dollars. What has he invested in? Now, there are all these, you can go and get all these mutual funds that are socially responsible <laughs> investment funds, right? Sure, that's what you can yeah. get solar energy, mm-hmm. you can get organic food, you know, you can get all that kind of stuff. Does Bernie Sanders invest in those? No. Bernie Sanders invests in blue chip Fortune 500 companies in stock. That's where Bernie Sanders has his investments. Yeah. Uh, when he when he bought his third home, he put it up in a trust for what? For tax purposes. 
Then you look at Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Just that War- statement. Yeah. When he bought his third home. <laughs> third home. Third. <laughs> okay. Right. That's the yeah. waterfront home, not to be yeah. confused yeah. with the other two. Man of the people, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> wow. And then Elizabeth Warren, you know, she's worth estimated around $12 million. Um, where did that money come from? It didn't come from teaching at Harvard. It came from the fact that in 1994, Congress hired her to rewrite part of the bankruptcy law, which she mm-hmm. did, and she says that in legal documents. She then goes to companies like Dow Chemical, Armstrong Worldwide, and says, you need help navigating these laws that I wrote. Pay me the equivalent of $1,000 an hour, and I will do it for you. And that's what she did. So she made her money from corporate America. How do we stop all of this? How do we stop people going into Congress, you know, as middle class people and coming out millionaires all the time? Is there a way to put a stop to this? It's very, very hard. I mean, the key thing is disclosure. Uh, You've got to have a vigilant media, which unfortunately we don't have. Part of that is bias. Uh, Part of that is a lot of them, they're chasing tweets. Uh, They're chasing the latest, uh, uh, you know, horse race news about the campaign. They're not doing the kind of, you know, research. You guys do that here. I mean, with Glenn's specials, I mean, those are deeply researched. When was the last time you saw that from a major news outlet uh, where they're doing a deep dive like that? They don't simply do it. But also, you know, the other point I make is, People, when they vote, or people when they communicate with their elected officials, you have to have a zero-tolerance policy. That includes people on your own side. Mm -hmm. If there's somebody you love, somebody you believe in, and they get caught doing this stuff, you can't say, well, okay, it's my guy. I'm okay with it. Because if everybody does that, nothing's Mm going to change. Yeah, absolutely. And there's too much of that on both sides. Sure. You know, I mean, I've been a little disappointed with uh, some of the things on on our side of the ledger, on on the right, that we just kind of ignore now, including you know, massive amounts of spending. And we just don't, we don't talk about it because it's our guy. Right. It's our guy who's doing it. And if we, if we don't stand up uh, for these things that are completely unethical and demand that it stop, even, even with Republicans, it's just going to continue. And we're going to have a, we're going to have a corrupt government like the Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, It's, uh, it's tragic. Yeah. It's really tragic. We've talked about this before. Corruption is a human problem. Yeah. It's not a Republican problem. It's not a Democrat problem. It's a human problem, and it's directly related to the amount of power that you have. There's an old saying that Reagan used, and maybe Jefferson said it in his day, that you know, to the extent that government can do something for you, it can do something to you. Mm-hmm. I would add to that, to the extent that government can do something for you or to you, politicians can do for themselves. The point is, the more power that we give them, the more they are going to use it to enrich themselves and their family members. Peter, thanks. This is fascinating stuff. Thanks, Pat. Uh, The book is Profiles in Corruption. Peter Schweitzer, Abuse of Power by America's Progressive Elite. You're going to love it. Uh, Get it or download it right now. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. See you tomorrow.